My name is Jake McLean. And I'm Max Iser. And you're listening to the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. Hey there, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. Uh, Max has put in some work uh, to build up our guest yeah. list for the season. Uh, and so uh, we're happy to welcome Angelica to the show tonight. Angelica, welcome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Um, just uh, to get the elephant in the room addressed, this is not beer. Uh, it's just uh, mountain water. Uh, sometimes I'll drink on the show, but not on a yeah. Sunday, not on a school night. So, yeah. Uh, well, sometimes on a school night, who knows? Uh, so, uh, Angelica, tell the listeners uh, a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, my name is Angelica. I like to go by Ange. Um, I recently relocated to the Pacific Northwest. Um, I think COVID has definitely shook a lot of people, um, especially in higher ed. Um, so, this is where it has led me. Um, I, this is now my third year in professional higher ed, um, but I've spent about five years now um, in higher ed in general between being a student and a grad and a professional staff member. Um, so I'm kind of in it for life at this point. I can't really see myself doing anything else. Honestly, I kind of don't want to do anything else. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty happy where I'm at, uh, even during a global pandemic. Uh, a lot better, honestly, where I was at than last year, surprisingly. So, okay, uh, and awesome. yeah, um, and you have to deliver meals here pretty soon, am I right? Yes, yes. So that that's been, I think, the one thing that has kind of turned like res life upside down is core everything just quarantine. Um, you know, in the institution I'm at, necessarily when they're quarantining, it's not they for sure have COVID. It's just, you know, like a precautionary thing. Um, but I think our other duties as assigned has gotten way more expansive and way more um, interesting than I think we've ever imagined it becoming. So besides delivering meals, are there, are there any other, uh, other duties as assigned that's been particularly fun or just interesting? Um, yeah, so I think like, I've, not the institution I'm at, but I past institutions, um, I have had to not only deliver meals, um, but to drive students to go get tested, um, take them to go to a isolation spot when they are positive. Um, so like really putting myself literally in the same vicinity as these students who um, did actually have COVID. Um, and I'm sure that's something that's happening at some institutions and I've talked to people at other institutions where they're like, we don't get paid enough, we do not have a degree for that, like we don't, we shouldn't uh, be dabbling in those things, but you know, if I'm told I got to do this part of my job, I guess I got to do this part of my job, <laughs> so. Yeah, hopefully a five out of five star review for your transportation, uh, that, that's yes. the hope. Yeah, no, that is definitely, that's the only thing I said was like, I just want to make, I don't know if I would say like COVID bulletproof, but like if we can make this as bulletproof as possible, that's right. all I'm asking. So, <laughs> so, uh, so Andrew, how did you find yourself uh, getting into the field? Uh, take us back to the beginning and we'll uh, come back around to what you're doing now. Yeah, so back when 
Ange was in undergrad, um, it started out as, I don't want to pay for housing anymore, so I'm going to be an RA, um, which I think is kind of the way most people start out. Um, and I've learned, like, I will shamelessly say that. I used to be really embarrassed to say that, but when you're an undergrad and you have no money, you have to figure out a way to make things cost no money for you. Um, so that's kind of the way I got into it. Uh, my fall semester, I I like did my job. I skated by. I was like, okay, like I, making sure like my residents are good. They're not doing anything stupid. Um, but like just breaking in the benefit of it. Um, and then I don't know what happened my spring semester because um, I was only a, an RA my senior year of college. So I hopped in the game very, very late. And in February, the switch just happened of like, oh, wait, my job's actually really important. And this is something that like goes so much further than how I've been looking at it. And I can do this professionally. So I, a senior in college, about have no plans for grad school, go to my coordinator in February, three months before I graduate and say, I want to do higher ed, get me an assistantship. And he was <laughs> like, do you understand like the process, the timeline, like you're uh. like, like, we don't have options right now. Like you were dealing with very, very limited everything because by the time I had this epiphany, it was too late for that, you know, mm -hmm. upcoming academic year to to really look around the country, you know, and find something different. Um, so I stayed at my undergraduate institution, which was totally fine. I loved it enough to be there for three years, totally loved it enough to be there for another two. Um, I was a graduate assistant for a student union um, for a little while. Um, then fortunately, I was able to actually get promoted into a professional position while I was in grad school, which was incredible because while that money from being a graduate assistant to a professional member is mm -hmm. such a blessing when you first get that paycheck. Um, and that is kind of how I have um, gotten into it, um, housing is where I started. It's kind of the place I keep finding myself falling back into. Um, COVID unfortunately took that position that I had first got. Um, my position was eliminated due to budget cuts um, last June, um, which sent me to um, Texas. Um, and then I realized I do not like the state of Texas, um, and which then led me um, to the state of Oregon where I live now. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the, the short gist version of how that came to be. Yeah, uh, I love uh, I love asking uh, student affairs types like us uh, how we got into the profession. Um, because I mean, from the VP level, uh, all the way down to like graduate students, uh, we all kind of find a, a in uh, into the profession in like the most random of ways. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, how fun. It's interesting because there's no bachelor equivalent, right? So it's mm -hmm. so interesting to see where you find, like what part in your college career you kind of realize like, oh, like what is around me is a career I get into. They just like don't really mention that in the course catalog until you're starting to look at master's degrees and you're like, oh, wait, I can do that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really interesting since there's not that undergraduate piece to it for sure. Yeah, I remember, um, so I was, uh, in my undergrad, I was a comm studies uh, major, uh, like my like my, my boy Max over here, but um, we uh, we were in uh, some what are you going to do with your life kind of class as part of our major, and uh, 
I remember one of my advisors telling me at the time, like, well, if you're going to work in higher ed, you got to get out of Monmouth, uh, the my alma mater, and um, you know, higher ed isn't like this place, so you got to go. You got to go look around. Uh, plus, there's uh, not any money to be made in higher ed, and so um, you know, there's that too. And so I got super scared away, uh, even though I knew that one day I would end up in uh, student affairs. Uh, and so it's just like it's crazy to see like the evolution and uh, where we all go when when we find that that spot. Uh, ditto. Uh, trying to find my way uh, into the field. Uh, I pretty much followed your lead because uh, you have you got your job before me. So I was like, oh, it's, it's OK. Uh, so and you mentioned going from Texas to Oregon. Um, so was that kind of process during the pandemic of trying to find your job? Yeah, yeah. So honestly, that me making my way across the country was all pandemic. So like I said, I lost my job um, in June, June 18th. Actually, they were like, you need something by uh, July 15th. Like we don't have a job for you after July 15th. So less than 30 days, I'm trying to find a job um, in the state of Florida at the time. It was a complete hiring freeze um, with Florida University or pu the public university system. So staying home, unfortunately, was not an option. So it was either like I'm gonna try to bank on unemployment and try to survive off of that in the middle of a pandemic or let's just try to find another job. Um, and so yeah, I went to Texas and it was just one of those situations where uh, the way I interviewed did not end up being the way uh, the job was um, and that's okay, um, but it was not for me and I was not gonna stay in a place that I was not happy in. Um, so yeah, I decided again to once again, find a job in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but this time it was, that time it was a little easier because it was October when I made that decision. So with November, December coming, more jobs were popping up versus when I lost my job in June and no, COVID had absolutely no end in sight. There was, you know, testing was still terrifying and still not as accessible as it is now um, that there was just, there was no way, like I was, I was gonna be able to, to stick where I was at. And even still in, in Texas, I was like, it's it's still a bad time to look for a job but the end of the semester was coming versus like in june nothing was happening um both are still difficult though i mean it is it is crazy to travel across this entire country um when people shouldn't be traveling um trying to find a job when colleges are still in the state of uncertainty um, so, I mean, I definitely took a gamble in both, both, um, both jobs. I'm, I definitely took a gamble of like, I don't know how long I might keep this one, but we'll take, we'll take a shot at it. Hopefully it'll be it. So. <laughs> well, it sounds like it worked out perfectly. Uh, oh yeah. For where you're at now. Yeah, for sure. I think for me too, like it's since high school, I always wanted to be on the West coast. Um, and during grad school, I did a NOTA internship in Utah, which for me was close enough. Um, I was able to go on vacation, you know, in California, in Vegas. And that was kind of the solidifying moment of this is where I'm going to be. Like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in higher ed. I don't know what position I'll have. But this side of the country is kind of where it's popping, in my opinion. <laughs> um, so if all else failed, somehow the pandemic led me exactly where I wanted to be. Um, so I can't be all completely bad at it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, to have two successful job searches uh, in that short of time. That says something um, for sure. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I was very grateful. I don't, even though the first position did not work out, I do not regret either one at all because it gave me a job, a place to live, an income in a global pandemic where so many people are still struggling to even recover from losing their first job. So like I, oof, I have magic and angel something on my side. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't know how I pulled it off, but I did. <laughs> so. Yeah. And you mentioned that, um, uh, well, working in res life, uh, do you see yourself as you kind of continue in your professional developments uh, staying within res life or would you like to hit other areas? Res life. Oh man. Res life. It holds such a dichotomous, like, like place in my heart. Cause if had you asked me when I was an RA, I remember looking at my coordinator when I was an RA and legitimately saying, I would rather die than work in housing professionally. (laughs) Truly, I don't know what else I would be doing. Like, I think I was just sick of being an RA at the time and like trying to graduate and get out of like the undergraduate experience. And I do want to gain experience in other areas besides housing. Oh, but housing just has such like a monumental staple place in my heart. Like I moved on campus as a first year and I have yet to leave. So I, as much as like, I don't, I don't necessarily want to limit myself with housing. I think I will run with housing as far as I can because I'm at least passionate enough to, um, but it would be nice to get experience in another functional area because there's definitely other areas that are just as important in this housing. And also I would like to know where to point my students to because sometimes I'm like, I kind of just live in my building. I wish I could help you more. So I want to be able to be like, yeah, you can come over here because I've done that before too. So yeah. Yeah. I remember my first role was uh, housing and uh, fraternity sorority life housing and uh, career development. Uh, Like two of the most random functional areas to stick together into one position. Uh, And I remember, uh, you know i came up as an ra and i was involved in a few other things but i remember saying the same thing like housing oh god no uh and when i started my first professional role i was like man you know career development so much fun you get to have these like transformational conversations and housing i'm just like i'm the i'm the rule enforcer nobody wants to talk to me uh and uh and now i oversee uh like i'm the chief housing operations person at, at the institution I work at now. So it's like, we've come full circle. Oh, no. Yeah. So uh, earlier you mentioned that there was uh, um, your position in Texas, uh, other than uh, not having a, a fondness for the state of Texas, uh, there was something that didn't line up from the interview. And uh, I've talked with Max before uh on our podcast about like value gaps and like like something like just not clicking right and so what was that kind of process like you talked about the how and uh you know how you pivoted and moved on but um when did that click for you how did that click for you yeah so i think it was one of those where during the interview it felt so 
holistic and authentic of like, wow, I really can like banter with these people. Like I can get along with them, but I think I'm also giving them what they're looking for. And, you know, talking about all the things we talk about in interviews, right? Like work-life balance and, and respecting boundaries. And then I got there and there was just none of that. There was just like no type of boundary, no type of work-life balance, no type of like respect of like when I am working versus when I'm not working. It was It was never like, oh, this person's not on call. Let's not call them. It was, well, they know so let's just call them because that's going to make our lives easier right now. Mm. Um, so, you know, if I'm the only one who had to an answer at 930 at night, guess who's getting a phone call at 930 at night. So it was, it was one of those things. And I think it was around October time where it clicked for me, where I was going home every night and still expecting work to come up. And that's when I was like, no, like I can't live my life always thinking I'm going to get a call even when I'm not on call. That's what on call is for. That's what I never understood. Um, so yeah, it was just one of those things where I, once I realized it, I was like, oh no, like we can't, I can't live like this. So I'm not, I refuse to live like this. So I'm just going to try to find another job and <laughs> live somewhere else differently. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, good on you for drawing that line and uh, doing that because I know I can name a few people just off the top of my head who um, experienced or are currently experiencing what you've experienced and uh, continue just to say well we'll, we'll, we'll keep trying. Yeah. yeah and for a while like I mean I did you know you don't want to like throw in the towel off the first you know off the first instance but when you're hitting like the 27th instance it's like well now I'm, I'm tired. I kind of want to throw the towel. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Jake mentioned, like, I'm sure there are a lot of folks out there that are feeling what you felt. So what advice would you have for those kind of folks who are experiencing that, like crossing of boundaries or just, it's, it's just not what they thought. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I think one thing I would say that I didn't try was to voice that to the people you're working with of like, hey, you know, I understand the times we're in and the stress we're all under, but like, I have a life outside of this work and, you know, I can't live authentically and holistically and, and purely with the fear that I'm always going to get pulled back into work for something. And so I, I would say that piece of advice I wish I took myself is to, is to voice that. Um, but I mean, if they're at the point, you know, like me, where it's like, oh, no, I just can't do this anymore, start looking. Like, that's that's kind of the only way you can find a job I've been taught is, is you just have to start looking for it. And I mean, it's not like I went on higher ed jobs, found the first job, got the interview right there, and I left. I mean, it took two months. It took another, you know, 10 or 15 interviews I did before I found one that was going to work or one that made an offer to me. But I would say the very first step is to just start that soft search, you know, start tweaking your resume every a little bit every day, start tweaking the cover letter every day. So that way, when you do find that position where you're like, oh man, if I can get this, that would be such a lifesaver. Like your, your paper materials are ready to go. You've already been brushing up on like what you know, interview questions am I going to be asked? What experience have I learned from this job particular? So when they do say like, well, what have you learned here? Why are you leaving so soon? Like 
you already kind of have that prepared so it doesn't feel like such a oh I just need to hurry up and find you know a job and try to get that process done within a certain amount of time because nine times out of ten it's just not going to in the time that we think so yeah that that job search process always though I think feel like during COVID maybe a little bit faster with Zoom but still longer it's just it's never as quick as we had want it to be right yeah exactly it's brutal for sure (laughs) yeah it is brutal i remember um so i just recently switched jobs uh and so searching for a job during a pandemic uh the interview process was the one that threw me the most uh because you know i'm used to like a a zoom interview or something uh like what we're doing now right um Mm -hmm. but uh having an all day like on campus uh, via Zoom, uh, yikes. Uh, and like Zoom fatigue uh, sets in uh, and is very real. I think the worst part is when you're looking for jobs in another time zone. Oh um, yeah. Because then not only are you spending, you know, anywhere from six to eight hours, but now you're spending six to eight hours like at a very awkward part of the day. So like when me being in the central time zone for, for with Texas, and interviewing for a job in Oregon, they were starting their interview at 9 a.m. For me, it was 11 a.m., but then it was going into this very awkward, like, 6, 7 o'clock time for me. So, like, you know, I didn't eat that day because, I was, A, I was nervous, and then, B, I was like, well, this goes through both my lunch and dinner time, so I guess we're just going to tough out these eight hours <laughs> just powering <laughs> through the camera <laughs> yeah. right literally yeah. I had a a 16 ounce coke is what got me through my on-campus interviews it was ter- terrible terrible experience yeah. I I I can't wait for actual on-campus interviews to come back <laughs> yeah yeah just on-campus anything uh yeah. to come back <laughs> yeah yes well, I was gonna say uh one of mine so I started a new job in July and one of my new coworkers, uh, she was in LA at the time. And so uh, we had 8 a.m. like meetings and it would be like 5 a.m. and just like pitch black in like her apartment. And I was like, what time is there? She's like, 5 a.m. Like I had to get up at 4.30 to like get ready for this meeting for work. And I'm like, that is like, so to do a whole job interview, uh, again, kudos uh, because wow, uh, what a time. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's tough to keep that same, like, that 8 a.m. smile at 5 p.m. And you're like, <sighs> like, I, I feel like that's always how, like, I get through, like, those four or five, six o'clock. And I'm like, okay, here I am again for the seventh time today. <laughs> yeah. Answering, like, the same question that you've maybe right. heard multiple times. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, we've talked about... Um, turning points in career um i'm interested uh to know uh kind of like the highlights since you've been in the field what have been those like moments of impact for you that uh that keep you motivated to stay in the field yeah so i think for me it's always when for me it's like when i do something for a student or like not even do anything even if i just 
implant this idea in their head to go ahead and, you know, explore this or try this out or, you know, let me, you know, do this thing and let me know how you feel about it. And then them coming back and like their whole worlds are just turned upside down, but in the best way. And I'm like, all I did was tell you to go see an advisor and like your, your whole like college career is now going in a like complete different direction. Um, but yeah, just having, helping them find their way to their success is always what makes me happy. Cause I always tell them like, I didn't do that. You know, that was all you. I'm just here to help you steer you in the right direction. But if that steer is what helps you get into the career you've always dreamed of, oh, like my job is done. Like I've, I've fulfilled my career then if, if that's what is happening here, you know? So anytime a student becomes an RA or they get their first job or even, you know, last week my RA got her first job interview, you know? And she was just like, I don't know what to ask. I don't know, you know, how to talk to them or like, how do I ask like, what's the vibe at work without saying like, what's the vibe at work? And so just kind of helping them through those little small moments of like really becoming an adult is always my favorite thing, especially because for me, I'm like, I barely did this two years ago. So, you know, I hope it works for you too, but I'm just going based off of also what worked for me. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I've talked with Jake before and like one of the hardest parts is just not like, thankfully you're able to hear that story about the impact. Um, but I'm sure there's so many times that you've, you know, you've had students come back and something, you know, something small that you just didn't think may have helped. And we've talked about just planting the seeds of, you know, you're, you're giving them the tools to try and be successful. Things like myself, like I never went, I only went to career services like my senior year and if that, and that was probably to visit Jake. Uh, and so, you know, I think that's one of the hardest things that I've also tried to remind myself is like, you know, if, if I'm doing my job and I'm, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing my purpose and my role. Um, so yeah, planting the seeds is just, you never know when you might see them grow and sometimes they don't so yeah yeah and I think for me I think the best thing is always when a, an undergraduate student comes in and it's either they're like tell me like how you got into your job or they know about student affairs and they're like help me get into student affairs and I'm like oh step into my office sir you've, you've <laughs> come to the right place like I feel like a doctor you know like let me let me fix you up let me help you get to where I'm at here um Cause yeah, sometimes, you know, I tell like my family, my grandma, what I do. And they're like, so are you a teacher? Are you a professor? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I think I'm so much honestly cooler than that. Like I'm doing all the fun stuff for them. So to have students see what I'm doing and be like, no, like I want to do what you're doing. Tell me what you do. I'm like, oh, this is, that's my favorite part of the job really is, is actually helping them also get into student affairs. Um, and also just letting them know like the little things that I wish I knew to that way, you know, like you're going to fall, you know, you're going to have a couple, a couple of failures, but if I can save you from one that I had, like, I'm still doing my job in, in that respect for sure. So, um, yeah, I, students are always the best part of the job, no matter like what. Um, I, I think I am weird because I also like the organizational politics of higher ed uh and uh like trying to work with others uh collaborate across 
maybe not the division, but like with faculty folks and like, because uh, even within higher ed, there are people who just don't know what we do, uh, mm-hmm. especially in residence life. Uh, yes. Uh, so, you know, just like, I remember uh, when I first started uh, at my new job, it was like, uh, somebody was like, oh yeah, he's, he's the housing guy. Uh, he just houses folks. I'm like, there's so, there's so much more to it than that. Uh, like, uh, I got the duty phone right now. Do you want me to explain the duty phone to you? Uh, and so, uh, and I know you can appreciate that because you're on duty. Uh, so yes, uh, yeah. got the lovely <laughs> duty phone right hey, it here. Looks, it looks like ours from, from Monmouth. Yeah. So this is the first institution I've been at with a duty iPhone. Um, every institution I've been at beforehand is still rocking the uh, Kyocera flip phones <laughs> oh, um, with that fun little fiesta tone that like <laughs> everybody uses in res yeah. like somehow. Um, oh, so when God. I got here, I was like, oh, we're bougie in the PNW. <laughs> we got iPhone and Columbia school jackets. Like it's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. I do love the free things that come along with the role. You know, I said this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. But, uh, I, I said it in a staff meeting last week, actually. I was like, man, I really miss like conference season. Like I haven't gotten any good conference swag in over t- almost two years now since no conferences happened last year. And I'm like, I don't have any good t-shirts. I don't have any cups to, you know, pencils spare, like laying around. So I, that I miss, yeah. Like going on campus, getting free stuff. That's what. I think everybody in a campus community visits. Oh yeah, yeah. Although you know, one of the another good thing to come out of the pandemic is uh, virtual conferences. Uh, I have never been able to go to NASPA, uh, but uh, they're doing the conference virtual this year. It was like fifty nine dollars uh, for like the early bird. I was like, like what? Uh, of yeah. course, I'll go to NASPA for fifty nine dollars. Uh, well, of course, go to NASPA. Um, but, um, yeah, the opportunities for professional development being a little bit more accessible, uh, has been good. Uh, but you're right. I do miss, uh, I miss conference season. Uh, I remember taking students to a conference in like, uh, November, uh, start of winter in the Midwest. And, um, the conference that we went to was always in Florida. Uh, and so, um, while they were in session, I was on the lazy river. I mean, I was also in session, but there was a lazy river afterwards. So uh, it's like- Oh, I'm, I, I attended that institution with the lazy river. I, <laughs> it is, we love that lazy river and we're glad you do too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, conference season and being able to take students uh, or conference season in general and being able to go to one, uh, is like our, our only uh, like vacation, uh, like really getting away. I was going to say the biggest thing that I miss is conference coffee. You know, it's not good, but it's free. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's free it's, picks you up it, in the morning. Yeah. You just don't, you just like around all these people. I don't know. I find myself just wanting to be really quiet. I'm like, don't talk to me. Like I'm just here to get some free coffee. Uh, and people are just like talking to all the people they know. And I'm just like, well, some, nobody knows me. Yeah. I'm just I'm, I'm that person who yeah, talks to everybody before, yeah. before everybody has coffee. See, I've only attended conferences as a student. So I was always like the student nagging my person at 8 a.m. before they had their conference coffee. And he was always like, just, he'd be like, let me have my breakfast. Like, I can't even talk to the adults in the room right now. Like, I cannot talk to you right now. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, I had a question. It was right there. Uh, so it'll it'll come back in a second. Yeah, I'm, I'm you can sure. Just pip, you can just pivot. I'll go. Okay. Uh, so we've talked a lot about, uh, you know, your interest in the field, talking a little bit more about, um, you know, your role. But what do you do um, outside of, you know, I know you're technically in the office most of the time or, you know, you're always on. Uh, so what are, what are some things that you do to just um, kind of unwind, uh, although you're living on campus? Yeah, yeah. So I will say right now with the pandemic, it's still hard. Um, and I also just moved um, to where I did. So like, that's also hard is I've been here less than 30 days. So I'm still learning. Um, but I think for me, it's like, I try, weirdly, like I say, I try to get off campus a lot, but then I'll do my hobby still on campus. So like, I like to paint um, my stove, but like, I'll do that in my apartment still. Um, or I'll, I also like to roller skate, but for me, I'm always a convenience person. So even though I want to get off campus, I'm like, oh, but there's this empty parking lot right there, like by the building that's like kind of off campus, but it's close enough that I can walk. Um, so yeah, I mean, I try to, I try to get creative and try to get outside because I feel like during the week, those are two things I kind of can't really do. Um, because being in the PNW too, like, the sun is gone by 4.30 and I'm not even out of work yet. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the the hard part, I think too, about the winter time right now is really any anything I can do to unwind. That's why it's been mostly like just art projects because as much as I wanna get outside and off campus, um, these clouds just don't allow me to right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I uh, I loved earlier when you were like uh, when you explained trying to explain student affairs uh, to family. Uh, my family still doesn't know what I do. Uh, my wife gets it, uh, but I don't think anybody else does. Uh, so when I come home like really jazzed about something that I like a student interaction, people are just like, "Yeah, cool. I'm that's fine." Yeah, that's like. It's, it's been interesting and I'm now starting to realize, so like, I now realize between like parents and grandparents and then like friends and people like I just befriend or like try to date, like I've now realized anyone who's attended college probably within the 2010s kind of pretty much knows what we do. Um, even if they didn't like live on campus or anything, they're like, oh yeah, like I've heard of an RA. So they get the gist of what's going on here. Um, but like my parents who never attended college, my grandparents who have never attended college, my dad like is still convinced I'm truly just a babysitter, unfortunately, um, which I'm like, some days, <laughs> yeah. you know, it depends on what I'm doing. But like, no, I'm doing cooler, more, you know, I'm developing our leaders of tomorrow is what I like <laughs> to tell him. But like, yeah, I do have to say something if they're smoking weed in their room. Like, I, I just got to be that guy. Yeah. I, I don't want to be, but I have to be. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, my office is uh, in the, the main floor of the student union. And then the second and third floor are residence hall spaces. Uh, and so there's someone pretty consistently token it up in there. Uh, but by the time we get upstairs to find out who it is, uh, the smell has dissipated. Uh, and so it's like, 
always consistently. I'm just like, I walk out and the vent that brings all the air down from the third floor comes right outside my office door. And so it's like, just, it knocks you in the face. Is it right outside your office door? What's that? It's right outside your office door? Yeah, like right outside my office. Mm. And that's been the most interesting part too, because marijuana is legal in Oregon. So I think that's been the the funniest part of now being in a state where it's legal is like you're like I no longer have to call like campus security or anything like it went from oh my gosh now I have to get cops involved and and now I have to do this big report and and now became can you take it outside please <laughs> like can right. you just take it like four blocks over yeah. um and we're all good here um so yeah i will say that's the nice thing i think when you come out west and you get you know laws and stuff like that the job actually almost becomes a little easier (laughs) yeah yeah just a little bit uh uh, luckily the the person in my building uh so so in illinois is also uh legal uh so that's been nice uh but uh because the school takes federal dollars it's like still the same amount of like pressure to get it resolved uh but luckily the student uh who's doing it is pretty responsive so uh very apologetic anyway uh so yeah i mean tennessee's never gonna have legal marijuana <laughs> so i don't have to worry about it I'm like, <laughs> so i mean that's i mean yeah they still they still have like anti probably like somewhere like just like what is it uh something fever I don't know, like green fever or something like that. Like oh, of, like like reefer madness. Yes, oh, thank you. Reefer madness. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. reefer madness. Like ads probably somewhere. I mean, it's just that's just Tennessee. Goodness gracious. So, uh, Ange, if we're uh, uh, we're gonna wrap up soon because I uh, want to be mindful of your time and uh, the duties you still have to uh, perform for work this evening. Uh, for sure, I appreciate that. Yeah. So. Uh, if you uh, had to tell us, like, uh, you know, what's uh, what's next as you continue in this new role, uh, where do you want to go? What are the things that you want to be doing? Yeah, so, I mean, hopefully COVID lets up within the next year. Um, and I mean, I definitely, you know, I'm in a three-year contract uh, with the job I'm in now. So my plan is to see that out because uh, so far I love where I work. I love who I work with. I love the students I work with and I love where I live. So I definitely want to see this through uh, as all the way to the end. Um, but after that, at that point, I'll be a solid almost decade um, in the student affairs work. So at that point, hopefully start to move up in like more assistant director and associate director roles, even director roles. Um, and try to get my PhD as well, um, because I'm also just a lifelong learner, and I always tell my students to keep learning, so I try to model that as well. Um, But get as high as I can in higher administration, um, whether that's being a dean or being a president of a university one day, and I just want to, like, make college just so accessible and so much more fun than it's already been for students and like especially after this year like really just turning what the college experience is around for students and making it accessible and making it like the most one of the most monumental points of students lives because for me it was that and that's why I'm continuing that work now 
Um, so I mean, I hope I'll keep. Oh, I'll keep. Oh, I don't know what just happened there. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, but but yeah, just keep keep doing what I'm doing, keep getting higher in what I'm doing, but always with the intent to just help students get to where they want to go. And as long as I'm still doing that, no matter what position I'm in, even if I were to stay in RG for the rest of my life, I'm successful in what I'm doing. So for sure. That's amazing. Especially just like, you know, doesn't matter the role as long as I'm helping students. Right. You know, if you're in the close to the Midwest, three years come up, Jake, make the call, you know, yeah, yeah. work in a residence life, you know, just make the call. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, Ange, uh, it's been great getting to know you. Uh, I, uh, one day, uh, when one of us is a president or vice president, we're just going to stock our staff with people that we know care about students. Uh, and so maybe we'll see each other at a conference someday yeah. who knows, uh but uh best of luck in the new role uh as you're getting settled uh in everything uh and yeah thanks for coming on the show oh yeah uh well i was gonna say thank you for uh taking time out of your night to, to stay with us and, and talk and also uh the time that you're giving for your students uh in quarantine because that's uh, a tough thing and uh at least they're getting a meal provided by you so all right, Ange, we'll take care of yourself uh, and uh, take care of those students too. For sure. Thank y'all for having me. Have a good yeah. rest of your day. Absolutely you too. You too. Bye. Bye. How fun. What a great second guest for mm. this season. Amen. From Oregon. Um, man, just, just out here in this podcast game. Yeah, uh, we're doing the thing. We're we're doing it. We're really doing it. We really are. Yeah, you know, uh, so you know it's not uh, an episode of the Life Leadership and Last Podcast unless I do a little leadership riff. Mm. Uh, the thing that really stuck out in that conversation to me is the value gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because uh, I feel like we just talked about it so much in our last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's not where, it, uh, if there's a disconnect, uh and I really like that, uh, what she said about um, not articulating it mm-hmm. uh, to the folks that you're working with. Um, I think as a, now as a supervisor, I'm trying to provide space for my staff members to be able to articulate themselves because I think I've always had a supervisory chain that allowed me to do the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are still so many people who don't have that. Yeah, and just, I mean, just also like when Anne's mentioned just being able to articulate what her values were in that in that taking that risk and taking that jump even though it was only maybe a few months on the roll it's like you know I know so many times people especially like newer professionals will post of like regardless of the field or probably you know I'm in a job that I don't like and it's only been a year can I leave and it's like yeah you can yeah uh especially like covid right now it's like yeah um i think we're just seeing across the like the our culture is just like yeah like change like life's too short to not be happy yeah yeah amen 
Well, listeners, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Life Leadership and Laughs podcast. If you want to be like our new friend, Ange, and be on the show to share your story, Max, tell them where they can email. You can email me directly. Please keep it PG. Um, <laughs> Who's coming to you with a PG-13 or higher rating? In an email, I, I don't know. So, hey, you never know. Valentine's <laughs> Day is right around the corner. Oh, oh my just trying God. to make sure that our listeners know May 1, 21, we are about to party, people. Yeah, um, you already got a ring on the finger. So, ring. So, if you want, if you want to be on the show, you can send me a good email at maxicer at gmail.com. You can find the show notes. Or you can go to LLL underscore podcast on Instagram. Shoot us a DM. Um, follow us on our socials. You know the drill. Yeah. Are your DMs open? Yeah, my DMs are open. You can find me at I am Dean McLean on both Twitter and Instagram. And I am on Instagram at, at M Sicer, S E I S S E R. Uh, you can also follow my gaming uh, adventures at MaxMcKayo35. It's a subtle uh, Power Rangers from state Space Cannon reference, um, but you know KO is also capitalized. Kevin Owens is one of my favorite wrestlers. But I digress. And if we haven't lost you yet with this Midwestern goodbye, uh, make sure to uh, smash that subscribe button, uh, leave us a five star rating, and write a review to help the show grow. All right, listeners, take care. Thank you so much for watching. We've got a great show for you for the next week. We're going to have a great time. Good night. Stay safe and be well. Oh, my God. Goodbye. Good night.